Awesome. So here we are. Looks like uh, pretty slim pickings this morning. The, the hardy stock are here. The people that are serious are here. Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us. We thank you for your love and mercy, God. We just pray that you would do in us what only you can do, God. Plant your word inside of us today, God. Let your anointing oil soften our hearts, God. Let your presence soften the ground, God. And that you plant these things in us, God. You said that you were a sower and that you went forth to sow your word. And we pray, God, that we would be that good ground that it would be sown upon, God, that it would grow up and bear fruit a hundredfold. And we want to have uh, ears to hear. God, we want to surrender to the things that you would have us uh, do, the things that you would say to us. Lord, we want to accept them. God, we just we pray for your perfect will uh, in our lives as only you can do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I appreciate everybody's prayers. Everyone is finally well at my house. So, yay! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not not without some drama this week, though. Um, right about the, uh, you know, Levi came to church Wednesday. He was doing well. And then he missed school because he had pink eye. So, which he seems to have gotten over now. We were able to catch it fairly early. And, uh, and Zoe ended up with strep. And... <laughs> Again, we were able to catch it early and get her on antibiotics, so she bounced back really, really fast. So, but uh, it's just like one thing after another. We were kind of tired of having somebody sick at our house. So, so I appreciate God doing that. Uh, go with me to Luke chapter six. Figure out where I was going to start at. Uh, we'll start in twenty seven. So, of course, uh, you know, some uh, Bible scholars refer to this as the Sermon on the Plain as opposed to the Sermon on the Mount. Um, cause it, because in verse 17 it said Jesus stood upon the plain. So, you know, this obviously this is really similar to the things that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, but uh, there are some, uh, some small differences here and there. Um, but I like what he, what he says here starting in, in, uh, um, in 27. He says, But I say to you which hear, love your enemies, and do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you, pray for them which despitefully use you. And to him that smites you on one cheek, offer the other also. Him that takes away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. So, it's, it's, uh, it's funny how Jesus is so good at picking out these things that we don't like. 
these things that we don't want to do uh, and uh, or things that, that maybe we can't do. Um, you know, because you know, loving your, your enemies and doing good to them which hate you is not an easy thing to do and it doesn't come naturally to us. Um, you know, uh, I think I think we grow up with more the idea of do unto others before they do unto you, but uh, um, or do unto others that which they have done unto unto you. But um, but that's not what Jesus said. So so he said to to love your enemies and do good to them which hate you, and bless them that curse you, pray for them which despitefully use you. And it's funny how difficult that can be. I've talked a little bit about the guy that's across the hallway from us at our office building and and how he uh, cheated us out of thousands and thousands of dollars and, and I really dislike him. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I just try and be polite to him and uh, and just, you know, I say good morning to him. He says good morning to me. But we're... Uh, moving to a new office in the next couple of weeks and Mike and I are just counting down the days like, oh, we're never going to have to see that guy again. Because the interesting thing about, you know, somebody, you know, hurting you or upsetting you is, you know, you have to learn to forgive it because especially if it's somebody that you're going to see all the time. You know, and, and that's the great thing about family and, the, and about the church is, uh, you know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And um, if nobody in the church has ever made you mad, then uh, I'd like to talk to you about that. That'd be really interesting um, to find out. Um, you know, I didn't grow up with siblings. I just, it was just me and my parents, and they had no friends, so I was not really around people. And uh, and I had some cousins my age that I saw some. Uh, and of course, I had some friends from school, a few. But uh, the idea of, you know, I would go and spend the night with my cousins occasionally, and they all came in pairs. And uh, I was so uncomfortable and surprised to see how much they fought. And uh, the two of them, especially, of course, they were both boys naturally, and they. I mean, they would seriously hurt each other. I mean, like hitting each other in the face and like throwing each other across the room and stuff when they'd get in an argument because their parents really didn't pay any attention to them. Shame on my parents for letting me go over there. But um, I was kind of horrified. It's like I couldn't imagine because I didn't have any kids around that if they got if they made me that angry, then I just didn't see them. I would go home or they would leave or whatever. So it's funny because, um, you know, we God puts us in a place where we're close to people and they, they, they can upset us intentionally or otherwise, and we have to deal with it. We can't just leave it alone. So that's one thing I like about what he, he talks about here, because, I mean, he's talking about enemies, you know, and people that persecute you and stuff, curse you, and despitefully use you. And we always, you know, when I read this, I always think about, you know, uh, the world and those those evil people out there outside the walls or whatever. Uh, but unfortunately, the the truth is, is this kind of stuff happens inside the walls too. It happens. It's just like my cousins that would uh, get upset and do everything they could to hurt each other. And um, 
I know. When when my kids fight, it is really upsetting to me. And uh um you know, I so I, I don't tolerate it very well and uh as I don't think it should be. And make them get along, make them work through their issues. And uh um so I appreciate how God does that because this thing that he's talking about here is, is something that we don't do well. Like the guy across the hall at, at the office building. Um, uh, you know, like, if uh, if we're not going to be there and we need one of the guys to pick up a job folder or something, we leave it in this little cabinet above the coffee pot, which is outside the office. We sent one of our guys over there to get something. And of course, it has like a, there's a numerical code for the front door. And... Uh, uh, of course, our guys have it because they need to come in and out of the building sometimes before when it's not unlocked. And uh, this guy pretty much lives there because he's one of those uh, lawyers that has no life outside of his job. And uh, he quite literally is at the office when I get there. He's there when I leave. Uh, he's pretty much just always there. And uh, um, so I kind of feel sorry for him. But we sent one of our guys in to get something, and and he just went off on him, and uh, was like grilling him and trying to figure out, you know, how did you get in here, and who are you? I mean, he's got an absolute painting shirt on. You know, it's like, well, who do you think I am? It's like, I, you know, I work with the, uh, you know, the crane company downstairs. You know, and uh, um, and so, but he came and told me about this. He's like, hey, did you know some? Guy came in here and blah 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 blah. I was like, Yeah, yeah, he works for me. He's a good kid, you know. And uh, so it's funny though because it's so easy to just hate people like that. It's it's way easier to just think, well, they're just stupid. And I hate them. It's way way more way easier and more natural to do that than to think, man, God, Clay really needs something from you because his life is utterly empty and and he has nothing but doing this kind of stuff to people to entertain himself you know and uh I'm not saying I'm doing that very well but that would be the right thing to do um, but uh um so then in 30 he says give to every man that asks of thee and of him that takes away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. You know, the old golden rule is one of the first things that, that I taught my kids. Um, because it ties so well with this inescapable principle in the Bible that you reap what you sow. And and so, um, you know, we the way that we treat other people is the way that we're going to be treated of course so that's why the old golden rule teaches us that, that you should treat people the way you want to be treated of course I'm not telling you anything you don't know sometimes a good reminder doesn't hurt um, but here's this is where Jesus really gets makes this more uncomfortable and he says for if you love them which love you what thank have you for even sinners love those that love them easy to love people that love you and uh, um, 
Well, most of the time. It says, but if, and if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have you? For even sinners do also the same. And if you hope to lend of them, or to lend to, if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have you? For sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he's kind to the unthankful and to the unjust. Be therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. So it's interesting because loving somebody that loves you, that's a natural thing. That's perfectly normal. And um, doing good to people that do good to you, perfectly normal thing that anybody would just do. And um, you know, we all, uh, I think, are kind of conditioned to keep track when we lend something to somebody. It's like, okay, now they owe me one or whatever. And um, you know, and I don't think that's such a bad thing to remember that uh, you know that hey, somebody lent me something, I I owe them one, but if that's your motivation for lending them something in the first place, that's not such a good idea. Um, but so he talks about these things as being this is just a natural, normal thing. Even, you know, even uh, just the everyday person who's unregenerated uh, does those things. And so the standard that God sets for his people is then higher than that. And uh, and so, and of course, he spells that out here in 35 and says, but love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward should be great, and you should be the children of the highest. For he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. So if that's kind of how he does it, then that would be his expectation for us. And, and we should not, not, I have to say, we should not have enemies in the church by any stretch of the imagination. You know, that's why Jesus says that if you, you know, if you have a problem with somebody or they have a problem with you, then you need to talk to them and get it figured out. Um, because, of course, the, the the purpose of the church is for the world to see Christ, and um, and the world. And He said that by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you love one for another. And so, if the Bible, or if people can't see that then there's really nothing for them to see. And and we're not then doing the very thing that we that we were made to do. And there's nothing more um, frustrating than to have a like a, a tool, for example, that doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Um, you know, when I when I used to paint all the time, what what is tape for? What does tape do? It sticks to things. Sometimes there are some situations where tape is not going to stick to it. Uh, you know, the funny thing with, with a lot of paint, okay, bear with me, is as it, it can be completely dry to the touch. It can be dry enough you can, like, knock on it and, and not leave fingerprints or anything in it. But it's still not cured, and it's, um, there are surfactants in it. It's essentially like a soap that holds everything together. And that stuff comes out as it cures, and so it can actually make the the coating, even though it's completely dry, it feels greasy, like slick. Tape does not stick to that. And there were so many times I would get stuck in a spot where I have to get this taped off because we have to keep moving. We have to get this done. 
but the tape's not sticking. You'd do a whole room full of trim, tape all the trim. You'd come in ten minutes later, and it's all on the floor. And I would just want to scream. It's the most aggravating thing you could imagine. Because it's like, it's tape. It sticks. It's sticky. It should stick and stay there where I put it. End of story. But when it doesn't, it's like, well, then what use is this tape? It's like, why am I even bothering with the tape? And uh, so, um, you know, obviously we're the, the children of God and he doesn't throw, throw us away when we need work. But, um, but he has a purpose for the church as a whole. And, and that is it, is for the world to see him and, and to see uh, his, his love for us. That's, that's the thing that Israel missed, was they, they felt like they were the chosen ones because they were Israel and, and to the exclusion of everyone else. When, uh, when, and when you read through the, the Old Covenant, there's you know, places for the strangers to come in and be a part of the congregation of Israel. And uh, because that was what God wanted all along. Um, so, so loving one another is a really super important thing. And I like how this is kind of a different take than what he says in Matthew 5.48. Because he says here, be merciful as your father is also merciful. And um, I think it's really interesting when you kind of put those side by side because... Being merciful is uh, not a trait that comes naturally to a lot of people. Some people it does. Some people are just very forgiving and like, ah, no problem, you know, you know, we'll just we'll move on, water under the bridge. Some people like to hang on to things and and nurse their grudges forever. They're like Rain Man with their little, it's like you know, Saturday afternoon, you know, it's like squeezed and pulled and hurt my neck, you know, and it's like. And, and they can still tell you it's like ten years from now on September nineteenth, this thing happened to me, and this is what she looked like when she said it, and she was wearing pink shoes, you know. And you know, but if we, you know, if we hold on to things like that, uh, it's just really destructive, not just for us, but for the people around us, but especially for us. And so, letting those things go is, is a and and. and and actually working them out because if you're, you know, if it's like, if it's been more than a couple of days and you're still fuming, you really should just get it handled. And the, uh, we actually, we had a situation at work where a couple of our guys, one of them was getting really frustrated and like, well, you, you need to talk to him about this behavior. Don't just try and make up for it and, and ignore it and move past it. We need to do something about it. And, uh, and, and you, you know, of course, this guy's like, okay, uh, thinking, dang it, I hate when my boss tells me to do stuff I really don't want to do. <laughs> and uh, it's like, you know, and he's like, look, I, I get it. This is uncomfortable. This is harder than running this job. This is harder than climbing around on the roof and, and acting like Spider-Man. But this is something that's very important, and, and this is something that you need to learn to do. And uh, and and he did. Everything went swimmingly. You know, the thing is, is 
we we attach so much dread to the idea of having this conversation with somebody of like you know it's like hey when you did such and such it really hurt my feelings or you know hey I wanted to talk to you about why this happened or whatever and we always we feel so uncomfortable bringing those things up as I suppose is natural um, but the worst part of that conversation typically is getting it started. And then, uh, because if we're both working towards a solution, if we're both working towards having these things resolved uh, and, we're, and we're on the same team, then those conversations really should go pretty smooth. I mean, occasionally you might have somebody like, no, man, everything's good. And, and, uh, um, and you can see their nose like going like this the whole time. I mean, those conversations don't go so good. Uh, but the great thing is, is you can go away from that conversation. You can't make a choice for them, but you can go away from that conversation knowing, well, I did what the Word of God says to do, and I, I tried to get this thing worked out. So, so he says in, in 37, Judge not that you be not judged. Condemn not, you should not be condemned. Forgive and you should be forgiven. Give and it should be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with all, it should be measured to you again. So he's going right back to what he said earlier about sowing and reaping, and uh, and, and what it, what he said about uh, you know to you know do to others what what you want them to do to you because this is that sense of you know I've I've uh, I've given mercy, given mercy. So when I need mercy, it's going to come back to me. I've I've given judgment and criticism and 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 uh, an attitude, and so now I'm going to reap judgment, criticism, and attitude. And nobody wants that. And uh, so it's a really valuable thing for for us to to let God teach us these things and to learn to work through these. Uh, these issues. And then in 39 he says, and he spake a parable to them, saying, can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? You know, and the interesting thing there is if you're blind, obviously you can't see. And so, so often we're blind to the things in our own life. We're not so, not so easy to see the things in us. Uh, and, and you've probably experienced this. Sometimes the things that other people do that just really, really cheese you off are typically the things that are in you. You know, I, I've caught myself thinking that that guy he always does this. You know, da 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 da. da. And then it's just kind of like, you are the man. You know, it's like it's like you could just hear Nathan looking at you like, ah, oh, it's you, David. It's like, fair enough. So, um, of course, like I said, iron sharpens iron. So, so the man, so uh, a man, his his friend's countenance, or however that goes, something to that effect. Yep. Yep. I used to think about that a lot. Um, um, you know, because you know, some people are easy to get along with, some people not so much, and and. you know, some uh, I heard uh, I heard Ron talk once about some people are cat people, some people are dog, some people are dog people, 
you know, not referring to the kind of pets that you prefer, but like your personalities. It's like cats and dogs don't typically get along well, but they can coexist. You know, and obviously we want to do more than just coexist. You know, but that that where we fall short in that that love for the cat people or that love for the dog people. Um, or even the hamster people, if there's any of those. <laughs> you know, where where we fall short there, we 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 bring that to God and say, you know what? It's like I know you you live in in the cat people, you live in the hamster people, you know, and so I want I want to love them with your love. So, um, you know, that's a, it's an important thing, but but this the sense of of blindness is interesting because sometimes sometimes we need somebody to come to us and tell us like hey you know yesterday when you said da 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 I felt like you were just kind of trying to throw me under the bus here or that you were really angry with me because of I have no idea that's why I'm talking to you um you know and then because sometimes we just don't see it you know sometimes we grow up Feel like learning to deal a certain way, and and that just seems perfectly normal to us. Um, you know, um, Cynthia and I got married really young, and we both had to like retrain each other about how to like be normal people, and uh, and and actually deal with. I I know <laughs> Mike's like it's not working, bro. Sorry. <laughs> As, as close to normal as we could get, anyway. No, but uh, no, but we we both grew up uh, with learning very different, but very, both very broken ways to communicate and deal with issues. And uh, it was like trying to put these two broken things together; they didn't fit. So we both had to learn how to do it right and then they fit together nicely and uh, you know that's not to say that we don't occasionally miscommunicate we just did the other day now if anybody would like a painting that is about six by five uh, come see me (laughs) because it will not fit anywhere in our house We tried. We tried. So, so, but you know, and we were both frustrated about this issue with the painting, and um, and so we like we talked about it, right? We used words as God intended, and said, "Well, when I said, I said, that's nice. I wonder if it would fit in my office, or if it would go in my office." Um. She took that to mean I was really interested in it, and I, I was only sort of interested in it, and I was super busy, so she wanted, she wanted to leave me alone and just make a, a decision, which is typically how we do it. So I'm like, just go for it. You know, nothing prettier than a girl with money in your hand. You've got your money. Go for it. Um, and so we end up with this painting. I'm like, okay, that's all right. We'll see how it goes. We put it in my office. Not, no, not going to happen. And, uh Yeah. So I was like, well, I never said I wanted it. <laughs> you know, and, and so she's like, well, you seemed like you wanted it. 
I was like, okay. So I went back to the text thing. I was like, okay, I could see where she would think, okay, I'm, I'm with you now. I can see why you would think, okay, might as well just go for it. Because it was like, it was a really good deal. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. It's it's so big though. I think maybe if we could fit it on the side of the house, that might work. <laughs> but <laughs> there is literally one wall in the entire house that is taller than eight feet, and you need something taller than eight feet for this thing, and it won't go there. So I don't know what we're gonna do with this thing. But anyway, it was a garage sale, so it's not like we have a receipt. You know, <laughs> take it back. <laughs> like all sales are final. So, so, yep. But um, but no, having someone communicate with us and and communicating back with them is a really good thing. You know, um, I read this thing the other day about like one I don't know things that that people do at the doctor's office that really just drive the doctor nuts. And you know, one of them was trying to hide their problem that they came to see them for. Like so, you came to the doctor to get the good and the bad and the ugly all figured out, and you don't want them to see the good, bad, and the ugly. It's like, isn't that why you're there? You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm one of those people. It's like I go to the doctor and I'm like, so here, here's what's going on, because that's why you're there. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, I told Ron one time, I was like, you know, it's like. You know, because that's, that's kind of like going to the doctor. You know, you you, you got to just tell him, like, this is what's going on. Be specific. You know, and, and I told him, I was like, you know, I feel like people aren't very specific when they talk to me because I'm not you. And so they're trying to, you know, be careful and all. He's like, no, no, people do that to me too. And so then you're trying to trying to understand their problem when it's like, you know, you know that feeling you get when there's like a purple elephant in the corner. And and then this person says this, and you're 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 like trying to interpret what they're telling you. It's like, okay, so who said what? Well, the elephant. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, just tell me what you mean, you know. But um, but that's the great thing about having these conversations is I'm just going to tear the bandaid off and tell you. When you said da 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 da, it really hurt my feelings. It really made me angry, and I thought about hitting you, but I thought that would be a bad idea. So, can we talk about it instead? You know, I mean, you know, make it funny. I don't know, but um, you know, but then if you know, if somebody brings something like that to us, and we actually answer them honestly, because usually if we've hurt somebody's feelings, our first thing that we think is. Oh well, no, that's not what I meant at all. Or I didn't. I wasn't trying to do that. You know, and and we sanitize lots of things like that because we don't want to admit it or deal with it. It's like, oh, I would never do that on purpose. You know, but the the interesting thing that I found is that we have to deal with the way people feel when they deal with us. And so if somebody comes away from dealing with me and they're they're hurt and confused and angry then whether I meant to hurt them or not is completely immaterial. It makes no difference at all. I have to deal with how I made them feel. So that's a completely different thing. Um, but uh, so, 
you know, when we, uh, you know, in, in the body of Christ, we should be able to just put all those defenses down and just talk about the stuff and figure it out. And, um, and that's the, um, like I said, the hardest part about doing that is getting started. And once you get started having a really serious conversation that's not just kind of a superficial thing, it, it gets easier. And and then, you know, you, you start another conversation. The next time something like that happens, it's not as bad as it was last time. You know, and then you find out that they're, they're, they're not going to just, you know, uh, you know, what are they going to do to you? You know, I mean, they might jump on you and hurt you, but probably not. You know, and um, and so we, you know, as you learn to push past that discomfort, it it actually really makes a huge difference. So he says, uh, and he spoke a parable to them: Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall in the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that that is perfect shall be as his master. That actually, in the margin it says, um, everyone shall be perfected as his master. So, so God has this uh, destination in mind for us that that He's already declared, and He has this this purpose that He has for us, and a great deal of that is making us into what He wants us to be, making us into what we couldn't make ourselves to be on our own. But in that, He gives us things that we have to do to get there. You know, Mike and I spend all this money on this business coach, and he has people that he actually ejects from his program, people that send him hundreds of dollars every month and don't do anything that he tells them to do. And, I mean, you would think, it's like, okay, easy enough. I'll just let them keep sending me money. No, he actually gets rid of them because they're wasting their money and they're wasting his time. And so there's... You can really get results, but you have to work with them and you have to obey, if I could use that naughty little word, the things that he says. Um, and, uh, you know, and you know, the sense of the disciple not being above his master. You know, if, if you're the disciple, if you're the servant, then you have to obey and, and do the things you're told. It was like, like the guy the other day when Mike's like, hey, you're going to have to talk to so-and-so about his behavior. You can't just ignore it and because it's going to get worse. And, and then you're, you're going to get frustrated, and then eventually this is going to blow up. And, and he's going to look at you like, dude, what the heck? Why didn't you say something like a month ago? So, you know, he understood. It's like, okay, so Mike's the boss. I'm going to have to actually do what he told me to do. And so he did. And, and it worked great. Uh, so, um, and of course, here he just kind of elaborates more on this, on what, what I just talked about. You know, Why behold this thou the mote in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam in thine own eye? Because, of course, it's so much easier to see other people's faults and, and not so much your own. Um, you know, and I like how he uses these words, a mote and a beam. Because you, you can get dust in your eye, a little dust mote, and you're going, ah, ah, you know, and then you're good. If you have a beam in your eye, I mean, it's like I'm picturing like a two-by-four sticking out of your face, you know. And, uh, you know, and, you know, if you're frustrated with somebody about the mote in their eye and you go talk to person C about it over here, um, you know, they're probably going to nod politely and and 
kind of look at the big two by four hanging out of your face and think, okay, that's calling the kettle black, but whatever. No, no hopefully they, <laughs> no, hopefully they would be like, well, maybe you should talk to them about it. You know, maybe, maybe this is something you're seeing because maybe there's something in you that's like that. <laughs> Back away slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here, let me get that for you. You know, and then take the big beam out of your eye. And if you, I don't know, if you've ever had a splinter, I mean, a really big splinter, it's like having a beam in your flesh. And it's such a relief to get rid of it. And sometimes you can't get a hold of it. You need somebody else to get in there with like a needle and a pair of tweezers and like pry on it and pull on it. The first time that happened to Zoe, it sounded like somebody was killing someone. You know, it's like, <laughs> like I hope none of the neighbors can hear this like despairing wailing and screaming. And <laughs> but, um, you know, but, <laughs> but having it. Having it taken out, it's this immediate relief of, oh, oh, thank God. You know, and so, you know, if we're all honest with ourselves uh, and went in with each other, if somebody comes and says, well, actually, you know, since you bring that up, you know, you actually kind of have this beam in your eye, I think, about this situation. You know, the Bible says that if you, uh, you know, rebuke a wise man, he'll love you for it. You know, and so, um, you know, uh, Friday afternoons are, are like probably my least favorite part of the work week because I take all of the job folders that we get back and then I have to go through all the numbers and we're really trying to dial in where we're supposed to be and how I need to be bidding stuff. And so they're almost always bad. It's like report after report after report, all these little like red cells in, in Excel and all these negative numbers and I just kind of want to slam my head on the desk. Um, you know, and um, and then and sometimes, you know, eventually when you, you're working on something like that and your brain just kind of gets fried, you just kind of shut down. It's like, okay, I, I, I don't know what went wrong here. I can't figure it out. I don't have enough mental juice left to figure this out. I was working on this one that was particularly inexplicable, and uh, so Mike just jumped in there and and, and uh, started digging around and, and got it figured out. But it's great having somebody point out to you the thing that you couldn't figure out, that you couldn't see, and 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 get it figured out. I mean, I, I use this example all the time. Every Monday morning, we have these conversations with the guys in our meeting. It's like, so how did this job go wrong? It was Greg's fault. Everybody's really nice, and they don't they don't say that, you know. But it typically is if they didn't get it done fast enough. It's usually because I didn't give them enough time, and so. But that's why we're having these uncomfortable conversations because I want to give them enough time, and that's why I I torture myself with these reports every week. So, um, uh, so it's a blessing though to to have somebody that can see clearly and pull the. Uh, pull the beam out of your eye, and then you can see clearly to pull the moat out of their eye. It's a great thing. Uh, almost there. Uh, for a good tree brings not forth corrupt fruit, neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. 
a good man, excuse me, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Uh, one of the great things when you have kids is they repeat things. You know, or they, they pick up weird things that you say. Like my kids use words like masticate and imbibe beverages because I've used those words on them so many times just because I'm me. And, but they, you can tell how you talk because it comes back to you when you have children. It's like a, you know, it's like a, you know, they're rubber and you're glue and everything you say bounces off them and sticks to you. Uh, it's like, yep. It's like, where did they get that? Uh, like on a Christmas story when the kid gets in trouble for using the F word. and It's like, where do you think he heard that? Well, probably from his father. It's like, no, he said he heard it from your kid. So, if you haven't seen that, it's brilliant. But but it's interesting because the things that you say really are very telling about where your heart is and what what your, your, your attitude is about things. You know, by Friday afternoon, um, my my heart and my attitude were kind of down here somewhere. One of our guys came by, and I was I had been working on these reports, and I was just really, really. And one of the other guys had been in earlier and was like trying to joke with me about it, and I was not in the mood. And uh, so, but you know, I I didn't want him to hit me, so I didn't say anything. And uh, and so I was like, so guess what? I was like, one of my kids has pink eye, the other one has strep throat, and and I'm like, and I've got this big stack of reports and everything. And he's just looking at me like, <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, and I was like, oh, and guess what else? And Mike's like, you're gonna say something positive, and that was, <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> and then said something else exceedingly negative, but, you know. But it was quite telling, you know. By the time I got home, I was just, I was not in a good mood, you know. But um, uh, but it's interesting because the things that we say really do, they show us and everybody around us where, where we're at. Um, and this this is another one of those verses that, that just kind of makes me squeeze up inside. Verse 46, he says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? It's like, ow. You know, we just read in, in a week or so ago in uh, uh, in James. Uh, I'll make sure I quote it right here. I, was, I looked it up yesterday. Because I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, well, I can't preach on that again. I just, I just read it last week. Um, it's funny when you think something like that you just kind of pulled it out of like the, the ether and then actually it's like, oh, that was last week. Uh, but he says, uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. That, 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 that idea of deceiving your own selves was really sticking in my mind because we can, we can call him Lord and not do the things that, that he says. Not not hold ourselves accountable to the the things that the Word of God says, and um, and we're we're calling Him Lord, and not doing the things that He says. And and in James there, He says that it's deceiving our own selves. He says, "Whosoever comes to Me and hears My sayings and does them, I'll show you to whom He's like. He's like a man which built his house and dig deep and laid on the foundation on a rock. 
And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock, but he that hears and does not is like a man that was that without a foundation built a house on the earth, which against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Bobby and Lori used to live in this apartment building that was built right on the ground, right on the dirt, no foundation under this place. And I mean they they had like these Dr. Seuss doorways in there, you know. And I mean you could not there was no hope of shutting the door. It, it was not happening. You know, and we spent a lot of time with them over there. It was always kind of like, man, I hope this thing doesn't like fall over while I'm in it. <laughs> so um and so, uh, you know, so the foundation is a really important thing. Uh, I remember the house that Mike and Sarah used to live in. They uh, they put the people had put these cedar posts for their deck. They had this big wraparound deck, and they just put it right in the dirt. No concrete, nothing. They just put it right in the dirt and then filled it in. Uh, that's not good for wood, in case you didn't know. And um, you know, and so it was kind of a rambling sort of affair going around that deck. It was kind of, you know, you'd step on it and the whole thing would go. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh man, I hope I hope I make it to the door before this thing collapses. And you're just like you're like Mario, you know, jumping from place to place, like hoping you get there, but very gingerly because you don't want to make it any worse. So. Uh, so hearing the things that God says and actually doing it is a really important thing. You know, and so, you know, if you are if you're building on a nice firm foundation, then it's not going to go anywhere, of course. So so God just keeps talking to us about um about hearing the things that he has to say and, and doing them. And you know, and one of the things that that it seems like he also keeps talking about is is dealing with each other because because you just have to. I, I love the story that Ron tells about the the people he knew that they they felt like a really good way to get rid of your flesh was to all live together on a farm. And I suppose it would, you know, it, either that or it would just really really make it really big. And um, you know, I mean, honestly, I've I've never lived with anybody or had anybody live with me and had it be like a really super negative experience where I just like, oh, those people drive me crazy. Oh, God. you know, um, you know, and it's just I'm I don't know, maybe I'm just easygoing. I don't know, but you know, lived with Bobby and Lori, lived with Bobby and Heidi. I mean, maybe that's why they're just they're really super easy to get along with. But um, I lived with Cynthia for like. 19 years, that's going all right. So, um, yeah. and uh, lived lived right next to Mike and Sarah for a really long time, and and uh, never get tired of them. So I don't know, but um, you know, but uh, yeah, you know, learning to deal seriously and honestly with each other about issues is is really an essential thing that we all have to have and that we all have to do. And so um, it's, a, it's a really important thing to let God really talk to us about um, about the things in our life and to really listen when people come to say something to us because it's, it's easy to just kind of bat it away. 
like, oh, no, that's nothing, or whatever. Um, and it's easy to just kind of stoically hang on to it and deal with, you know, try and just deal with it uh, silently rather than, than have an uncomfortable conversation because it makes you feel like a martyr. And, uh, and, and that's also really unproductive. So, Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us. God, we pray that today you would do in us exactly what you want done. God, that you would examine every heart in this place. God, start with mine. God, and uh, show me, God, if there are things that that I need to change. If, if there are things that um, that I'm doing, God, we just we pray that you would uh, just get these things done in your church. God, our confidence is in you being the potter and us being the clay. God, and what we want is to be um, malleable in your hands. God, we don't want to be stiff and dried out. God, we want to be um, pliable. And, and soft in your hands, God, in order for you to make us into what you'd have us be. Now, God, today I just pray that you would meet every need in this place with your presence, God. Every uh, thing that we need, you know, and you are. And, God, we just pray that you would uh, glorify yourself in this place today. In your name we pray. Amen and amen.